0: Good morning and welcome back. Uh, So question for the day is, is it God's will to heal? God's will to heal. Um, and the, the big question is, you know, does God... Is it always God's will to heal? And uh, I would say the answer is a resounding yes. And there's tons of scriptures that back this up. So I wrote this thing up a couple months ago. Um, it has everything written in it. I just want to do a recording of it and a video and make sure that we have this, you know, written. we have it down. So... So I'm just going to read a lot about what I wrote, and discuss it, and we'll talk about it. Um, <clears throat> so, I put on here, it is always the will of God uh, to heal. Uh, and the answer, and the question is why, and it's because he is compassionate. Okay? So this is very important, man. God's compassion is what drives him to heal. Okay? And we're going to get into that. There's one scripture that blows it all out of the water, but I have to build up to it to really understand all the stuff. So... We just have a hard time believing that this, basically, which is doubt. <laughs> so, check this out. I want you to notice something when you when you watch people who believe that it's not always God's will to heal. Okay, and they pray for somebody to get healed. What is the percentage of healings that actually take place in that person's life? you have a... Yeah, if there's, if there's one person with faith. Yeah, there's one person with faith. What I'm referring to is if a man who believes it's not God's will always to heal, here's the chances of their prayers actually being answered. I'd say like 1%. Because they're not ever going to see it. In fact, they believe it because they've never seen it. They believe it's not God's will to heal every time because most of the time when they pray, they haven't seen any prayers being answered. Okay? Alright, so. Then you got the, the group of people that do believe in healing. And they say, well, yeah, God, God does heal. And then some, they're on the fence. They don't know if it's God's will to always heal. But they do believe God does heal. And that God heals um, a lot. You know? mm-hmm. But just sometimes He doesn't, you know? And those people, um, they see a significant amount of, of miracles. They see a lot of people get healed. Because they believe that God's going to heal them. Then you have the people. That are just totally radical. Well everybody else, they just believe that God that God, God heals, that God's will to heal is every time. It's always God's will to heal. Now, those people everybody thinks are heretics because you know, because they're gonna start talking about your faith. <laughs> you know. But here's what we do, man. We 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 as a human race have a have a problem. We don't want to take responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> right? We don't want to take responsibility. We don't want to say, well, maybe it's on my end, you know, but if we were to study the character of God, okay, if you study the character of God, you will know that there's two parts of him, justice and mercy, okay? He's a just God and he's a merciful God. Okay? So if we go along the line of thinking, well, if everything happens is God's will. Then if somebody doesn't get healed, then we assume that it's not God's will to heal them. Okay? So then you have to ask the question, why? Okay? If the answer is that it is not God's will to heal them, then there must be a reason for why they didn't get healed. And according to scripture, if you study scripture and if you study the Old Testament, you'll realize that almost every time somebody gets sick, it's because of sin. Amen. Okay? Well, if according to the Old Testament, we're getting sick because of sin, then that means that God is punishing you for your in your sickness. It's just, it's just we're talking about just really taking the Word of God. Instead of just, now I'm going along just thinking, do I believe this 100%? No, there's some stuff inside the Scripture I want to show you that actually... Helps make this work out. Um, But here's the problem. If we go along the thinking of, sometimes it's God's will, okay, and sometimes it's not, then we have to say, okay, what is the will of God? Why are they sick? See, why are they still sick? If we believe this, if we believe that sometimes it's God's will to heal and sometimes it's not God's will to heal, then we have to say, God, why is it your will um, to not heal them this time? And there's only two parts of God's character, which is justice and mercy. So if he's sick, then that must be justice. Must mean that they deserve it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sick. Because if God is, if it's God's will, implying that he did it to them, then they're being punished for some sin. You see what I'm saying? That's the thinking you have to go with if you believe that sometimes it's God's will to heal and sometimes it's not God's will to heal. They'll just clarify something. I don't believe this. I'm just taking a thought process and I'm going down the train with it because if you believe sometimes it is God's will and sometimes it's not God's will, then you have to believe that God's putting the sickness on people. And you have to believe that it's God's will for them to be sick, which means that they have some lesson to learn Right, that's what they that's what they say. Now, I don't believe this. I'm going to say that again. I don't believe this, but I'm trying to show you the thinking that you have to believe. If you believe it, sometimes it's God's will to heal, and sometimes it's not God's will to heal. Okay. All right. Well, if there's a lesson to learn, then the question is, did you hear God tell you before you got sick? Because here's the deal: if you study the Old Testament, which is where all that theology comes from, by the way, you will notice. That God always, listen, he always sends a prophet. And that prophet always comes and says, if you don't repent, then this disaster is going to come upon you. But if you, would, if you will repent, then God will relent from the disaster he's sending upon you. And this is all Old Testament. Is God capable of sending um, evil upon you? According to the Old Testament, Yes. So we have to know this, okay? If we don't know this, we don't understand the victory we have in Jesus, okay? See, the thing is, according to Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight, there's blessings and there's cursings, okay? And the cursing, there's a bunch of bad stuff. In fact, it's twice as long as the blessing. Okay, let's go there. Deuteronomy chapter 28. <clears throat> Blessings. Chapter <laughs> 28 verse 1. And if you are... If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. and Blessed shall you be when you go out. And the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee from you in seven ways. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your barns and all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself, as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways." And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, and the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your livestock, and the fruit of your ground. And within the land the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to the many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall go only up and not down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them, and if you do not turn aside from any of the works that I, from any of the words that I command you today to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Now those are the blessings. If you obey, there's a condition. According to this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Old Testament, this is in your Torah, according to the Jews, this is the law, the first five books of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. It's the law. Okay? So there's a condition for blessing. The condition is obedience. If you obey, then you will get all these blessings. If you disobey, then all these curses. So let's go through these. okay. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all His commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall be you in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your pool bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the increase of your herbs and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses. That's, That's confusing, right? I thought God didn't send anything. Alright. So what we gotta do is we gotta stop being super charismatic and super Baptist. We gotta stop being super any denomination. We just gotta believe the word of God. Okay? If the god if the word of God says it, we need to believe it. Then we need to make sense of it and we need to rightly divide the word of God, not go based off of our own understanding. Right here, it just said the Lord will send on you curses. That totally goes against anything that I've ever learned in some of the groups I've been in. Okay? So what I believe, here's what I really believe. I believe the word of God, period. Okay? I believe we should make sense of the Word of God. I believe that we should take the Word of God and, and, and weigh it out together. You see what I'm saying? I don't believe that we should just say, well, this doctrine is comfortable, so I like it better. I'm going to go with it. You know what you do when you do that is you break the first and second commandment of, of, of the Ten Commandments, which says I'll fashion the God in my own mind. Okay, It says do not make yourself uh, worship other gods. It says do not make an engraving image. What we do is we fashion our own God in our mind. When we take Scripture... And we say, I don't like that part. I'm going to read this other part. I believe it. Too. I believe it, and I'm not going to believe that other part. See? So we, That's dangerous, man. That's so dangerous. We have got to let the Scripture change our thinking, not us trying to change the Scripture to fit our thinking. Okay? It's good. Okay. So, anyway. There's, some, there's good news here. I'm going to... Uh, just bear with me, okay? There's good news. The Lord will send you on you curses, confusion, and frustration... And all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds, because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with vast, with wasting disease and with fever, inflammation and fiery heat and with drought and with blight and with mildew. Mildew is part of the curse, by the way. All right, we're going to get that. That's just a fun one. All right. They shall pursue you until you perish. And the heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under you shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder for heaven. from heaven. Dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall be a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dead body... Shall be food for all the birds of the air and for the beasts of the earth, and shall be no one and there shall be wow, shall be one no one to frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, and with the tumors and scabs and itch of which you cannot be healed. And the Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and the confusion of mind, and you shall grope at noonday. At the mind, at the as the blind grope in darkness, and you shall not prosper in your ways, and you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually. and there shall be no one to help you. You shall betroth a wife, but another man shall ravish her. That's horrible. Come on now. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, while your eyes look on them and fail with longing from them all day long. But you shall be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and all your labors, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. So that you, this is awful, dude. So that you are driven mad by the sights that your that your eyes see. I'm talking about biblical PTSD. You know? <laughs> right? The Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with grievous boils of which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a nation. That's crazy. Check this out. At this point, they had no king for gener- for a few generations. But God was already prophesying to them. The Lord will bring to you and your king whom you set over you. "...whom you set over you to, to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, and you shall become a whore, a proverb, and a byword among all the peoples, for the Lord will lead you away. You shall carry much seed into the field and shall gather in little, for the locust shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and dress them, but you shall neither drink of the wine or neither, or, nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them." You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olive shall drop off. You shall father sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. And the cricket shall possess all your trees and the fruit of your ground. The sojourner who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you. You shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to, he shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. And these curses shall come upon you and pursue you. And overtake you till you are destroyed, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep His commandments and His statutes. Say He commanded you, "You shall be a sign and a wonder." And it goes on. I'm going to keep reading it because it's good to just get beat down sometimes. Right? Mm-hmm. They shall be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and lacking everything, and you. He will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Keep in mind, I'm keeping on reading because, you know, we get so used to reading the good stuff. We just don't want to bear with the bad stuff. Man, if we can't get the severity of what what God is saying right now, we won't understand the mercy we've really received. All right, let's keep going. (laughs) The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away. From the end of the earth, swooping down like the eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand. A hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. This shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It shall not leave you any grain, wine, or oil, the increase of your herds, or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. They shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all your land. They shall besiege you in all your towns, throughout all your land, which the Lord your God has given you. And you shall eat the fruit of your womb. Watch this. You shall eat the fruit of your womb. Cannibalism. It's pretty bad. The flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and in the distress with which your enemies shall distress you. By the way, that was fulfilled in Jeremiah 19. They were besieged by a country. They were were trapped inside the city. They had no food or water. They started to kill their sons and daughters and eat them. Keep going. The man who is the most tender and refined among you will will begrudge food to his brother, to the wife he embraces, and to the last of the children whom he has left, so that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating, because he has nothing else left in the siege and in the distress in which your enemies shall distress you in all your towns. The most tender and refined woman among you, who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender, will be grudged to the husband uh, she embraces, to her son and to her daughter. Her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears because lacking everything, she will eat them secretly in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in your towns. That's pretty low if you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, this is all that pretty rated our book, by the way, but you know, we, anyway, it's not fun sometimes, but again, if you, you, you won't be thankful for what you have until you see what really belongs to you. (laughs) All right, you go. If you're not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear his, this glorious and awesome, watch this, that you may fear. Now, doesn't that make it, Make sense now? Why do they use the word fear? You know? There is a... Anyway. All right, let's keep on going. "...that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. Then the Lord will bring you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sicknesses grievous and lasting. And he will bring upon you again all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Every sickness also, and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of this law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed." Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of the heaven, you shall be left few in number, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying to you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. And you shall be plucked off the lands so that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other, and there shall there you shall serve the other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. And among these nations you shall find no respite. And there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot, but the Lord will give you there a, tre- a trembling trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, if only it were evening. and at evening you shall say, if only it were morning, because of the dread of your, that your heart shall feel and the sights that your eyes shall see. And the Lord will bring you back into, into the ships will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised that you should never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves. But there will be no buyer. So, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough. All right, now, so let's go with this thinking now. Obviously, this is in the Bible, you know. Obviously, this is in the Bible. Okay? And we have to deal with it. This is why that's why we're having this discussion. Okay? Okay, so the question is what is the will of God? Because according to this right here, there is this side that God is capable of. You see what I'm saying? Not only is it a capability, it's something that He did. He did it. You know? He he promised and He fulfilled. Let me. Let me, let me, look at this. All right. It's not a matter of will. It's a matter of promise. It's a matter of promise. It's a matter of covenant. If God says, don't touch that or I'm going to spank you. Don't touch it or he'll spank you. If God says, okay. I'm not going to spank you anymore. Then he's not going to spank you.
1: Okay?
0: If he says, do this, and you'll be blessed, then do it, and you'll be blessed. If he says, hey, here's a free gift. You don't have to do nothing. Well, then here's a free gift. You don't have to do anything. See? All right, so now, what we're looking at is Deuteronomy chapter 28. So when people say, well, you know, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, Biblically, biblically speaking, if people want to say, maybe it's not God's will to heal, sometimes, then we need to ask the question, why is it God's will to heal? And why wouldn't it be God's will to heal? According to this passage right here, this is the, this is the thinking, this, this area right here is the reason why people think sometimes it's not God's will to heal. See? This is evidence. If I didn't read the whole Bible and I just read this only, I could basically build a whole doctrine off of this and say, listen, you, uh, you've been disobeying God. This is why everything is going to the crap in your life, you know? And it makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense, really. There are some things that really describes some the stuff we go through. You know? Really. So then the question is, when does this apply? And when does it not apply? You know? If this is the Word of God, it has to apply sometimes. Maybe it only applies during certain times. Maybe it stops applying at a certain point. You know? <clears throat> Check this out. Uh, we have promise and we have covenant. This makes all of the difference. This is not a matter of the will of God. This is a matter of promise and covenant. God told them, here is my covenant with you. If you obey me, blessing. If you disobey me, curses. That's the covenant. So in the Old Testament, there's actually several covenants. But the one we're talking about right now is the Moses covenant, the law. And it says, you obey, you're blessed. You disobey, you are cursed. Blessed, cursed. Obey, blessed, disobey, cursed. All right? Now, what are we dealing with now? If you go to, uh, let's go to Isaiah 53. <clears throat> Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus. And it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the translation for that is actually sickness and disease. All right. And so this book of Isaiah is prophesying about a time where the curse is removed. Okay. But it's not that it's just removed. It's like there's an opportunity for it to be removed. Okay. Check this out. You have a blessing, and you have cursing. Isaiah 53, and then you have Isaiah 54. Isaiah 53 prophesies about Jesus. Check this out. He, verse, verse 1, we're going to read. He has ble- believed what he has, who has believed what he has heard from us? And... <clears throat> To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The translation says sickness. Okay, If you look in the footnotes, it'll even say sickness. So with grief is sickness. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, again, sickness, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. Let's get started. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, which is sin, breaking of the law of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that's led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He has put him to grief. In <clears throat> a word, says, make him sick. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, man. Why did it please the Lord to crush him? So you can take that away. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. Remember, talked about the curse, not being able to bear children and all that stuff, right? For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more those things. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. Like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you. But with great compassion I will gather you. Compassion will gather you. This is good. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. With great compassion, I will gather you. In overflowing anger, for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion... On you. There it is again. It says the Lord, your Redeemer. It's so good. The Redeemer. Why did God punish sin? Because it's just. Because you deserve it. Because it's right. But why does God show mercy? Because he's a compassionate God. And he doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want us to be cursed. So now you have a... You see, now you're talking about the little God. More of a desire than faith. God's desire is that justice be served, but His deeper desire is that you be free from the curse of the law. See, Deuteronomy twenty-eight says you're cursed. You're already cursed. It's a done deal. You're cursed. Want to know why your life was going to crap? Because you were cursed. But when you operate in faith, watch this. this is something. Try not to give away the answer too soon. Your redeemer. What does that mean? That means you had not, and now you have. That means you were nothing, but now you're something. That means you were low, and now you're high. You see? You were not, but now you are. It's the Redeemer. You had nothing, and now you have everything. It's the Redeemer. I was evil, now I'm good. I was separated from God, and now I'm restored. It's the Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore that the waters of Noah... Now, what, 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 what days are we talking about? You know, when, when Noah came, it says he flooded the whole world. God did that. <laughs> right? So we can't say that God doesn't do things like that. So what's evil? Let's define evil real quick. Evil is anything that takes away life. So we think that God is not doing, you know, the evil or whatever. But the thing is, the scripture says also that he is even able to take the evil thing for the day of wrath. God is so good, he can take those things that were evil, that were meant for harm, and use them for justice. Okay? So that's what the flood is, you know. Look, the flood is evil to you and me. But it's righteousness because it's punished sin. See what I'm saying? It's actually righteousness. He used an evil thing to bring about righteousness. Because there's a a worse thing that could happen to you, really. And he's trying to save us from that. You know that Jesus went and preached to all the people that died in the flood. Gave them all a chance. Pretty cool stuff. All right. That's good stuff. Because there's a worse thing that could happen to you. (laughs) Besides a flood. Or even dying in this world. All right. Where are we at? This is like the days of Noah to me, that as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, and I will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed. Again, covenant. So what's he saying? He's saying, look, this was a problem. You you were obeying and then you were blessed. But when you disobeyed, now you're cursed. Now we have a problem. Because I still love you. I have to punish you because I'm, a, I'm not a liar. You see? Why did God punish? He's not a liar. I'm not a liar. I said, don't touch that. And you touched it. Now you've got to be punished. All right? So he's not a liar. So he has to punish sin because he's a good God. Right? But... In his perfect wisdom, Jesus comes. And Jesus was stricken for my transgression. Jesus took the curse. Watch this. Go over here to Galatians chapter, I think it's Galatians chapter 3, man. i right. really messing it up. Man, it got me all I'm Excited now. Galatians chapter 3, watch this.
1: Praise God. Mm. Galatians
0: 3.13 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might become to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. This is good stuff. What does that say? Need to hear? Oh, go. Yeah, Thank oh, I'm going to keep going. I'll talk to loud. So leave that door open. All right. Cursed is the man who's hanging on the tree. So Jesus becomes a curse for us. This is awesome. All right. So now we'll go back over here to Isaiah chapter 54.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Bold is lion Ministries podcast. If you like that teaching and you want more, go to our website at boldisalignedministries.com. At the top of that page, you'll see a button that says Teaching and Discipleship. Click on that. We've got free MP3s. we got free PDFs. Download as much of it as you want. Also, if you like what we're doing here and you want to see more, you want to hear more, Consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Right now we're running a campaign called Project 500, okay? And this is geared towards three different aspects of our ministry. The first one is the ministry planting and also the online media and outreach system. Uh, Like what you're listening to right now, all of the funding that goes into that will go into uh, helping us with uh, media and also uh, helping us with planting new ministries. Okay. The next one is for uh, the Barracks Discipleship and Recovery House. We have a drug recovery house, so if um, that's a that's a thing that's in your heart, uh, consider donating to that. Our third thing is our international missions organization called Exthus International. It's a Greek word. It means fish, because the Lord called us to go out and be fishers of men. So we're focused on those three things right now. And right now, we're trying to raise 500 sponsors at $20 or more a month. If you can't give that much, maybe you can just consider making a one-time donation every little bit helps. Go to the website, find what it is that you're passionate about that can help us help you help the world. Thank you so much and God bless.